Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian Geek Worldview, and today on the show... I'm going to be talking about What If Season 2, but as always with the Marvel shows, I'm not here alone. I am here with Josiah. Say hello. Hello. And we're so we're going to be talking about What If Season 2. We talked about uh, What If Season 1 back in the day, and I, I think uh, when that came out, we, we talked about each episode individually, and we, we watched it and then talked about it, watched it and then talked about it. This season... We're just going to, we, we watched the entire thing, and now we're just going to kind of step-by-step walk through each of the episodes, talking about what we, you know, liked and disliked about each of these different episodes, and then we'll talk about the uh, entirety of Season 2 as a whole. We will be doing uh, spoilers for the episodes as we go through them, so fair warning, uh, spoiler warning here for Season 2 of What If. And, uh, okay, so... Starting us off here with the the first episode here. So episode one of season two is what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Uh, so Josiah, what did you think of this episode? It was fun. It had a nice feel to it. That detective cop in a dystopian city kind of Blade Runner feel to it. So yeah, I I enjoyed that and thought it had a nice twist to it. Yeah, I liked it. I, I like the way that they, yeah, they they made it like very Blade Runner-y. There's, there's a few episodes in here where they kind of, they're very heavily inspired by some movies, you know, and, and like taking some inspiration from movies. And this is one, and I'll, I'll point out a couple more once we, you know, go down the list here. But this one definitely inspired by Blade Runner. You know, that kind of story, that kind of world, and the, the look and feel of the world and everything, very Blade Runner-y. You got the, the mystery story, the kind of dark, moody mystery story with Nebula going out to, to solve the mystery and everything. Uh, well done. Very, very entertaining and uh, a lot of fun. This one is is probably the least connected, one of the least connected to the rest of them, because because uh, w- once you get to the end of the series, you have they they draw some of the episodes together for a, a climax for the season. This is probably the one with the least connection to that. This the probably the first couple here are the ones the least connection to that but that said just as a standalone what if story i think this worked really well so episode two what if peter quill attacked earth's mightiest heroes so this episode really is kind of uh what if the guardians of the galaxy happened the way that ego the living planet wanted it to happen so so his original plan in the guardians of the galaxy movies was that you know okay yondu you you know go get peter quill you take him to me and then uh you know we'll you know i'm gonna use him to help take over the universe or you know whatever this is kind of the extension of that peter quill comes back to earth and he's kind of taking over the earth it is a little weird that it's like you would i don't know you would expect him to not come back as a child in order to take over the earth and ego would uh, ego would raise him first or something probably you know and it, it, it's just it, it seems a little weird as to the way that it it happens uh but they i think they wanted the him there as the the young kid so you got the kind of the innocence versus evil kind of thing going on with him and then you know trying to sway him to the side of evil <laughs> to the side of good actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you kind of they kind of uh 
balance out that you know his humanity and and childlikeness versus you know the the great power and destruction that he has yeah and i think where that balance kind of comes to a crux is when um winter soldier has got the drop on him and is ready to take him out and and he's weighing you know do i do i shoot this child or yeah. not and then uh, then of course he chooses not to and then Peter is the only one who's able to stop Ego, who ultimately is like the real big bad of this episode. I did like seeing them bring uh, Bucky in, bringing in Winter Soldier like that, kind of as the hitman character, because this is him, you know, during the period when he was just the Russian, you know, hitman guy that only came out every now and again kind of thing, you know, and so it's like, you... You know, you got to see, you know, some of that in uh, Winter Soldier, but then that's the point of him, like, breaking out of that kind of in that movie, and then it's moving forward. So it's kind of cool to see a little more of him here in that mode. So yeah, overall, a pretty good episode. Uh, Episode 3, What If Happy Hogan Saved Christmas. Uh, Josiah, what did you think of this one? (laughs) This was a fun one. Yeah, I like Happy Hogan. I like kind of his, like grumpiness you know (laughs) uh yeah you know he's really trying to do his job and do it well and with everything that's happening he's you know upset about all this you know but then he turns you know turns into a hulk and and uh it's just (laughs) funny the way it works out and then yeah yeah this this was fun it's it's fun to have uh him as kind of the lead character in here and this one this is one that is definitely inspired by die hard um, cause they got him in a hotel and then, uh, you got people breaking in and, you know, terrorists breaking in or whatever. So it's like, you definitely have, uh, the, the diehard inspiration for, for this one. And then he's the Bruce Willis character. Um, yeah. And it's, it's fun. It's, it's goofy and very silly and it's fun. Okay. So episode four, what if Iron Man crashed into the Grand Master? What'd you think of this one? This was also a really fun one. You know, very much inspired by Thor Ragnarok movie. Yeah. You got a lot of those same characters. Of course, it's the same planet that that Hulk was on. But instead of Hulk, you got Tony Stark there. So yeah, and and just they had Jeff Goldblum narrating uh, the character of the Grand Master like he did in the movie. And his character is just funny. And the way it's played is just... I, I really enjoy. Yeah, this was a fun episode. Definitely, definitely uh, hits with the, some of the the comedy and stuff in here too, and and the way that they I did the games and stuff I thought was really fun too because the 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 games in the uh, in the live action movie was more like gladiatorial type games, and in this one it's more of like the chariot racing type games. And so like they're sticking with kind of the the Roman Colosseum type of games but they're just changing which one and so it's like okay that's that's kind of cool that's kind of a it's clever because this is already a play on on those kind of games yeah and the race had a very mario kart feel to it as well it it definitely did (laughs) even like opening up a secret passage to a new road and yeah yeah fun stuff all right so up next what if episode five uh what if captain carter fought the hydra stomper 
this so this is the first episode here where we have the uh, return of a character from the first season. I mean, we've had characters that showed up in the first season, but the you know old alternate versions. This is the actually the version of the character that we've seen in the first season with uh, Captain Carter bringing her back from the first season. And it, honestly, I mean, you know, I guess moving forward, yeah. Uh, in the episodes here and stuff too, it seems like she's she's kind of going to be the mainstay. I mean, we we had some other characters pop up here that were in the last season as well, future in the future here, but it seems like she's going to be the mainstay. She's going to be the the connective tissue as far as a character that is in the actual story, not just observing the story of of just the Watcher, you know. And I mean, I guess if you're going to choose one, I, you know, she's a fun character, so sure. This episode, I, I thought this episode was decent. It's not one of the, the stronger ones, but uh, but them, you know, going to, to find the Steve Rogers who's, you know, stuck in the, the Hydra Stomper and all that kind of stuff. There's some pretty good stuff in here. I, I definitely like when they go into the, the nuke town and all the, uh, the mannequins are, like, attacking them and stuff. Uh, that whole sequence is very fun. Yeah, and it really sets her up as, like, the tragic backstory, you know. Yeah. Where, like, whatever version, she's always out of time, and, you know, whatever version it is of her, she's never with Steve. Yeah. So, yeah, it just kind of establishes that and kind of, you know, you see him in the suit, and you kind of know he's compromised and stuff, but you think he might be coming out of it. She might be getting to him. Yeah. But then... Once he led him to that town, then he basically said, you know, told his commanding officer, mission accomplished. Yeah. You know, like, all that uh, was just an act. That was part of his mission to draw them there. Yeah. So at the end, he sacrifices himself to bring down the Red Room. So there's a little glimmer of maybe she was getting to him, but it's still that tragic, yeah. you know, they never get to be together type of story oh yeah so at the end of that episode because that he does like he he flies up and like crashes into it and blows up and, the, and everything and then at the very end of the episode right before kind of the twist of it happens uh she's like i gotta go you know steve's out there somewhere i gotta go find him it's like wait a minute okay so he survived that i thought it was the heroic uh you know death but uh, it, you know but i don't know maybe i guess he survived out there somewhere <laughs> That's what it seemed like to me. I think they should have left that line out because yeah. it almost cheapened what he did and it almost made it less tragic because it's like, yeah. oh, they might end up together if he's still out there. Yeah. And then they never used him anyway, so there was no reason to set up that he was still alive. Right. right yeah. Unless, unless, I mean, you know, season three comes out and they got to bring him back or something maybe, but... But it doesn't, I mean, they don't, they wouldn't have to, you know, this is what if you have a million possibilities of anything. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't, I don't really understand that, that choice. But then after that, at the very end of this episode is really when we start to get uh, the connective tissue of the, uh, or at least we, we get hints as to what, what is going towards the, the end of the season here, where Captain Carter 
gets teleported away and we see Scarlet Witch, you know, and, and Nick Fury there standing there from an alternate universe, which we'll end up talking about later. So she's getting teleported away from one universe to another, and that's going to be part of the connective tissue at the end of the series. Okay, so now episode six. What if Kahori reshaped the world? Uh, what'd you think of this one? This one was, uh, not one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they kind of tied the, the fountain of youth in, you know. Yeah. And took that, that thread from history. And it was, you know, water that, uh, Infinity Stone fell into. Yeah, yeah. And kind of supercharged the water. And then the people <laughs> ended up, you know, getting supercharged and superpowers from that. Yeah. But that was, like, basically the only connection to the MCU at all. Because, like, other than that, this is just, like, a completely random thing. And then when I looked, I, like, looked it up and was like, okay, is this, this is some character in the comics, surely. But no, it's not. It's, she's new to the show. So it's like, it, to me, this is, this is super stupid. <laughs> like, if you, if you wanted to introduce a new character, you, you know, you can introduce it in, one of the other episodes, you know, where you introduce it in one where it's like where somebody else has the Infinity Stone and then, you know, it hits this girl or whatever and she becomes the, the, the super speedy, you know, blue girl. But that's not what they did. They just decided to make a whole what if episode about, you know, what if Kahori reshaped the whole world? But who is Kahori? We don't know who that is. So that it's just so stupid to me that that's one of the what ifs, you know? Yeah, because, yeah, you don't wonder what if this character i've never heard of right did this thing yeah because that's just like any story basically <laughs> yeah it's just what if somebody i don't know does a thing it's just like well that's just that's not a what if marvel what if that's just a anything what if you know it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me and then you know with them doing that and this is like you know the the indian character that's that's getting her own or native american or whatever character that's that's getting her own superpowers and stuff it it, <laughs> it it makes me you know think the worst of them and just go okay then this is just uh you know this is them just kind of trying to go okay we need to ha check our you know checklist of of minorities here so okay we don't have an indian character we have to invent one you know or whatever which is stupid because come on there there is indian characters in the mcu and stuff that you could use so Come on. <laughs> that said, this episode was fine. You know, the, there was there was some interesting, you know, entertaining enough stuff in here. It's it's one of the weakest of the season, in my opinion. But it, it was a fine episode. All right, next episode, episode seven. What if Hela found the Ten Rings? What'd you think of this one? This was basically the first Thor movie and the Shang-Chi movie mushed together, but replace Shang-Chi and Thor with Hela. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, Odin took her helmet away from her, threw it through the portal, and kicked her out of uh, Asgard. And then she ends up going through the bamboo maze and ends up in the mystical place where Shang-Chi trained. Yes. <laughs> and meets the guy who has the Ten Rings. So I guess this was uh, pre-Shang-Chi because it's, it's Shang-Chi's dad. That has the ten rings here, which I guess it would make sense because this was be pre, pre Thor, I guess, right? Because Thor never makes an appearance in here, and you would assume he would if his sister's going crazy. So in this, 
She's she's got her own plan. She's doing her own thing. They start training her and working with her, but she's still got her own plans, you know. And she's not deceiving them. She's she tells them, yeah. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this power. I'm gonna go do do what I want to do. And then you know, at the end, she just kind of flips and becomes good. And it seemed a little unwarranted. Like they didn't yeah. really properly build up to that it's the same it's like it's the idea of the flip that's in thor you know where thor is, is super haughty and all this kind of stuff and then you know he he kind of learns to humble himself a little bit and then he gets the hammer back and so uh in this one you know she's like a little too bloodthirsty <laughs> and then she she it's it's like it's supposed to be you know she learns to be a little less bloodthirsty or whatever and and to fight for the right reasons or whatnot, and then she she gets her helmet back. Yeah, it it just doesn't feel earned. It feels too quick. It, it feels like they they assume that you know the story, and so they don't tell you it as much as they should for in order for them to tell you the whole story. You know, it's like you've seen this before. You know what's going on, so we don't need to tell you everything. But it's like, it, but then if you don't. You don't you don't get the whole story, and so it doesn't work as well as a whole. Not a bad episode, but uh, but one of the the lower ones from this season. So episode eight: What if the Avengers assembled in sixteen o two? Josiah, my favorite. Yes, this one is really fun. This is where it all starts coming together. So you have this this weird mashup of. Marvel characters set in the past. So you got first Hela as the queen, and then um, you know she gets sucked through a portal, and and Thor becomes king. But then you've got other characters like Nick Fury and Happy Hogan, um, just just in this settings, and it's kind of like weird, and you don't realize what's going on. And there's Captain Carter there. So this is the universe that she got sucked in from a few episodes ago. Yeah. And you find out Scarlet Witch pulled her there to try to save them. And then they think now she can't save them. Yeah. Now she's on the run. Vigilante. But yeah, you find out this whole universe has been messed up by the Time Stone. Something that happened in modern times took modern times and the past and mushed them together and now the whole universe is collapsing and so the way it mushed it together and that and the modern characters in the past how they're kind of different because they're they're in the past but they're kind of the same i just i just like the way they did it this was a very fun episode fun to see what they did um, with the different people. Yeah, this this was a blast. This 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 one is easily the best one of this season. Uh, and then you know bringing in uh, <laughs> Steve Rogers as Robin Hood. So you know like meshing those characters and his, his Merry Men or some of the other Avengers and stuff is a lot of fun. And then you have a like a a, a live functioning version of Steve Rogers, and so you kind of get the dynamic. With him and, and Captain Carter, who, you know, lost her version of Steve Rogers, and he lost his version of, of Carter. And so it's like, you know, their kind of dynamic there was well done. And then it, it all just comes together great. Like, the it's this this feels like a, a good kind of climactic 
uh, almost ending to what this season could have been, though they they had a different big climactic ending. But um, this this you know feels like a a, a good uh, coming together of some of the different what if episodes here. Yeah, I like the way they brought those in. They brought back the uh, Hulk Happy Hogan. Yes, from the from the earlier episode, so that was fun. So that way you know this is the same universe as that episode before. Yeah. So at the end of this episode, Doctor Strange Supreme from Season 1 shows up. Yeah. Which leads right into the next episode. Which is the big finale here. So, Episode 9, What If Strange Supreme Intervened? So this one was fun, you know. I it's it's kind of funny that it's like the the biggest conclusion episode is that this one should be the best one, I guess. But the last one was the the, the best one and kind of the biggest, uh, most bombastic one in my opinion. Is like, oh man, that, that stuff was really good. This mm-hmm. one also a lot of fun. It probably has more crossovers with the rest of the 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 series and the season and stuff, uh, bringing in some of the other. Uh, characters in here and including kahori uh you know who was introduced in episode six and stuff so you know okay bringing bringing together more of the season so i guess this makes sense in order to tie more things together for this to be the ending uh and this was cool i i like this version of dr strange like this evil dr strange is really really cool i like this this is the I know they they kind of touched on this in the live action movies and Evil Doctor Strange, but like I would like to see them go down like this kind of route with some kind of Evil Doctor Strange in a live action movie and have you know the good Doctor Strange fight him or whatnot. I like how that at first when he showed up, you think he's he's good. You yeah, know? you think he's somewhat turned from that when he you know destroyed his own world and so realize error of his ways and corrected and then you realize no he's he's still got the same goal yeah and i think they they kind of represent that well with the monsters inside of him you know yeah you know he's in different circumstances but he's got the same demons yeah and there's you know there's part of him that that does want to change there's part of him that does want to be like you know be better and that's you know when the the demons and stuff get pulled out of him temporarily there and he's like you know he he is a little more repentant of it then and he's like you know yeah you know this okay not good but then the demons are like yeah but we want this and they go back in and he's like all right i'm back at it you know and once again with kahori they, they okay they bring in kahori here and she's like the major one of the major characters that that like saves the you know, because it's like the it, we've we've been following for a few episodes here, uh, with three episodes in total, which is you know a lot for a series that's supposed to be one-off stories, right? So mm-hmm. three episodes we have Captain Carter following. So she's like she's basically the main character, other than the Watcher. She's like the main kind of character here in the series, and then they bring back Kahori, and she's like one of the she's she's almost on equal footing with uh captain carter here defeating the villain and stuff and again it it just annoys me a little bit just because she's some random new character that they just introduced for this move for this you know one random episode here and it, it's just again it just annoys me a little bit <laughs> so it was interesting that the watcher was telling her 
you know, not to intervene and, you know, yeah. see what happens when you intervene. And then later he was talking to uh, Peggy and he was like, see, I didn't need to intervene. You did. You did. <laughs> and so almost like that was a good thing. You know? Yeah. And it was interesting to, so it's like, did he change his stance or did he see, well, it worked out good in this one instance. But then when he's talking to her, there's a butterfly flying along. And usually he's invisible to everybody. Or even when he's talking to one person, he's invisible to everyone else. Yeah. But he holds out his finger and a butterfly lands on it and then, you know, flies off. So it's like... He, he somewhat interacted with the world, you know? Yeah. Um, so it almost seems like, in a small way, maybe he's changed a little bit from... His don't interact with anything stance. Yeah. I mean, it it, it kind of does seem like he's changing his stance, because then once you get to the end of the, the season two, he's, like, he, he brought Captain Carter back to, like, his dimension, as opposed to just sending her back to her own, you know? Because he, he also uh, rescued Kahori and just sent her back to her dimension. So it's not like, you know, they both woke up there or something. So that mm-hmm. they he intentionally brought Captain Carter back to his dimension and was just kind of chatting with her. And then she's like, you know, hey, you want to go exploring or whatever? And he's like, okay, let's go look around, you know? And so it's like, presumably setting up for a season three, you know, where she's going to go and save the universe again, or multiverse again. But it's like, that's that's not something that you would expect the Watcher to do. And even if, you know, the, she said, hey, can we, like, look around first? The Watcher would be like, I don't think that's a good idea, you know? You yeah. know, but... But here he's like, all right, let's do it, you know. It's gone rogue. Yeah. The Watcher Police is going to show up in the next season. (laughs) Maybe, because the main villain of this season ended up being, you know, the Doctor Strange that was created in the first season. So it is kind of like, well, what do you, where do you go next? So you could die, that could be one direction where they dive deeper into the Watcher and his world. And we, even at the end there, we do get like a little bit more of a glimpse than we've gotten so far in any of these episodes. Cause like we've seen him, we've seen him in his dimension a little bit, but it was just like, you know, uh, some, it was like cracked glass or something, you know, the different universes and the different pieces of glass or whatever. This one, we get the way zoomed out look where we see the, the tree of life basically that was in Loki that you see Mm -hmm. and so it's like okay you got that that connection there and uh and so you you see like a little bigger perspective of what his universe looks like basically so overall what'd you think it was fun i wasn't sure where they were gonna go after season one but i liked the direction they went and it was it was fun and i hope they make a season three yeah i really enjoyed it i i think it's a lot of fun it's they they, they balance the overarching story with the, the singular episode type stuff, uh, which is good because, like, you know, if it all became the overarching story, then it wouldn't really be what if. But if it was all just the singular episode stuff, then it could end up being more forgettable or something that you could end up skipping or whatever, and it's not a big deal. Whereas this, you know, they get that balance in there and they make, they kind of give it the best of both worlds. And, uh, yeah. It's good. It's a lot of fun. That's all 
for our thoughts on uh, season two of What If. You can shoot me an email, podcast at gmail.com if you want to tell me what you think about What If season two. Until next time, this is David and Josiah of the Helix Reviews Podcast signing off. Bye-bye, guys.